Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you again for the privilege of prayer. Every chance we get to kneel before you as a church, as the family of God, to lift up requests, burdens, cares, concerns to you, to be able to cast all our cares upon you because you care for us, to be able to come unto you and know that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. And so, Father, we want to come before you through Christ, through our Lord, through our Savior, and just give you the cares, all of the burdens and the worries, the struggles of 2019, and just let those go so that we can enter into 2020 fresh and relieved and encouraged by all that you are going to do in our hearts and lives in this coming year. Be with those who could not be here this morning. Many are sick, many are still wrestling with the, the strange weather changes and it affects sinuses and the flu is still going around and father there are many that are not with us this morning because they're home and they're not feeling well touch their body give them healing do what the medicines can't do do what you can do give them strength give them healing father for those that are ongoing with treatments and and, and things that they've been carrying they'll carry with them into 2020 let them go with a fresh strength from you and Father, as always, we, we pray for healing. We pray that you would touch and show the world that you are still God and you are still greater than anything that man can come up with in medicine or, or anything else. Just help us as a church to be aware of the beauty and the wonder of the gospel and what it means to be a child of God. And as we gather together this morning in the family of God, just speak to us from your word. Give us what we need from you through the power and the presence and the strength of your Holy Spirit. We'll give you the honor and the glory and the praise for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you got your Bibles this morning. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Uh, John chapter 3. Again, a kind of a simple thing, simple message this morning. got three things I want to share with us. Something a little... I'm not sure what the word I want to use is this morning, but uh, I want to share three things with us, to, as you'll see on your bulletin, the title of the message, How to Make Your New Year Happy. And so I think three new things that we need to make sure that we have, three new things that we uh, make sure we have, and if we have those things, then, then, then we can make uh, our new year happy. Amen? Uh, next week will be a little bit different. Next week will be a little more challenging, a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more uh, searching, if you will. We're going to look at an event in the nation of Israel, Israel and one of the kings as they were going into a, a new year and a new season. And we're going to look at some things and we're going to really be challenged to make 2020 a, uh, what I like to call, a year of the book. Amen? Uh, a year of the Word of God, a year in which we are committed to the Word of God and the principles of Scripture. So we'll do that next week. But this week, a little bit lighter. And the first thing that I'm going to share this morning, something I think we all know, uh, sometimes preachers talk about preaching to the choir. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir this morning with this message, but that's okay. We need it. Amen? And, and what I'm going to share with you, if you already know these three things, then I want you to make sure you share them with somebody else. There's somebody out there who needs to know these three things, especially the very first point, the very first thing we're going to look at this morning. Um, and so as we get ready to go into that in John chapter 3, and I'm actually going to read verses 3 through 5, um, I want to share a little story with you. And, and I think it's interesting. Ryan started out this morning, we were singing... We sang, I saw the light. Y'all, many of y'all know that was a Hank Williams song. Hank Williams wrote that song. Um, 
And uh, we had the privilege several years ago before my mother-in-law passed away. We went to Tennessee. We went to uh, Nashville. We went to the, uh, uh, the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame uh, Museum. And, and we got to see a lot of really neat things there. And the particular time of year that we went, they actually had a display uh, for Hank Williams. And they change it out. They do different artists and different things for you. But when we were there, it was Hank Williams. And so we got to see a lot of the things, those suits that he used to wear and the different things he used to do. And, uh, and I remember... They had a video playing, and people were talking about Hank Williams. And there was a point in the video where Minnie Pearl uh, came on, and she was a good friend of Hank Williams, and she was talking about Hank. And if you know his story, it's an up-and-down story, a story of a man who had faith and yet oftentimes struggled with that faith, just like the rest of us. And, and towards the end of his life, he had some issues and some things he struggled with. And Minnie Pearl, and I thought this was very interesting. They actually had this on the display, the honesty of this. Minnie Pearl was sharing, and she said she was talking to Hank, and he was struggling, and he was questioning his faith. And, uh, and, and she said, but, but, but Hank, just remember, remember the light. You know, I, you, you've seen the light. And, uh, and, and she said that Hank said this to her. He, he, said, he said, Minnie, that's the problem. He said, I don't see the light anymore. And, uh, and, and so she went on and she said that with tears in her eyes and of course then she said that over the process of time Hank came back to his faith and towards the end of his life we'd like to think that uh, that he found that which he'd lost and, and I say all that to say this uh, just to get into the start of the message this morning just because there are times in our life when you and I don't see the light doesn't mean the light's not there anymore amen and boy, this world's going to do everything it can to try and make us think that we're walking in darkness. It's going to do everything it can to try and hide the light, but the light is still there. And, and so with that in mind, I want to share three things with us this morning on how to make your new year happy. So John chapter 3, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. Uh, and we're going to look at a bunch of different scriptures this morning. If you can turn there, I'll try and give you time to turn there. If you don't want to, just make sure you write them down, look these up later. And I say that for the same reason I always say it. I want you to know that what I'm saying is actually in the Bible. Amen. All right, but John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5. Jesus answered, and he's, this is his encounter with Nicodemus before we get to John three sixteen. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And, and I want to pause there because he actually says that twice where he talks about he, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he's later on said, it says, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That, that little expression there for see has a double meaning. The, the Greek word that's used there has a double meaning. It means, number one, that he literally will, will, will never see it and, and, and to the point that he can enjoy it or be a part of it. But it also means that he can't see it from the concept of he, he can't even understand it. He, that, that even if a man is standing, if a man who hasn't been born of God reaches the end of his life and that day comes when he is standing before the God of all creation, even in that day, he's still not going to truly see it. That's how powerful this is. So he says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter. Now he says he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so the first thing I want to share with us this morning is pretty simple. If you haven't caught on already how to make your new year happy, is you need to make sure that you have experienced the new birth. 
You need to know that you have been born again. You need to know that you've put your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that the Holy Spirit of God has raised you from spiritual death to give you spiritual life and make you a child of God. Amen. And when we talk about being born again, we're, we're not talking about something religious. There's three things, that, that, there's two things that it's not, and there's one thing that it is. When Jesus said a man must be born again in, in order to see the kingdom of God, and except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And a lot of people get stuck on that verse. So let me tell you what baptism, or let me tell you what, what being born again is not. Number one, it's not baptism. When he says except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he's not saying that except a man be baptized that he can't enter the kingdom of heaven or he can't see the kingdom of heaven. Baptism is a beautiful, wonderful thing. We're Baptists, amen? We believe in baptism. It's a beautiful picture that the Lord gave us so that when you and I put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the preacher lays us down in that water and he brings us back up, it's a picture of how we've been buried with Christ and raised to walk in a new life. We're, we're Baptists for a reason. Uh, old preacher said, uh, I'm Baptist born and Baptist bred, and when I die, I'll be Baptist dead, amen? Uh, so I'm Baptist for a reason. But I'm going to tell you, baptism doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. Baptism is a picture of what Christ has done for you. So when he's talking here about being born of water and of the Spirit, he's not talking about baptism by water. He's not talking about being washed or rinsed. He's talking about being born by the water of the Word of God. He's talking about being born by the water of Scripture. The Bible tells us in several places that the Word of God and the Holy Spirit are both pictured as water. And so here's what God is saying. Except a man has come to the place in his life, in his heart and life, where he has received the truth of the Word of God and what it teaches about who Christ is and who Christ came to do, that man cannot be born again. And you will not be born again until you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's as simple as trusting Him. You see, it's, it's not works. It's not any other religion. It's the Word of God. It's not the Word of man. It's the Word of God. It's not baptism. Number two, it's not reformation. He didn't say, Jesus didn't say, except a man clean himself up. He cannot see the kingdom. Except a man change his own life, he cannot see the, the kingdom of God. No, the whole point of Jesus coming, beloved, is you and I can't change our life. Christ is the one that has to change us. Amen? Uh, I heard a preacher say one time, I stole a lot from other preachers. My, I, don't, I don't have anything most that I came up with on my, my own. Amen? I've told you before, I ain't that smart. But I heard a preacher talk one time, he was talking with a fella, and he was trying to get him, to, you need to trust Christ. You need to, he'll forgive you for your sins. He'll change your life. He says, well, preacher, I'll give my life to Jesus, but first I need to get my life in order. I need to change my life. I need to, get, I need to be a better person before I come to Christ. And the preacher looked at him and said, let me ask you a question. Do you get cleaned up before you take a bath? And I'm going to let that one sink in, amen? He said, do you get cleaned up before you take a bath? And the fellow said, well, I suppose nice is what do you do? He says, I just take the bath. And he said to that man, he said, and that's what coming to Jesus is. He's the bath, amen? It's Jesus who cleanses us. It's Jesus who washes us and makes us. You, you can't reform your life. You can't become acceptable before God. The Bible says that all of our righteousnesses, the best that we can do is like a filthy rag. You ever tried to clean a windshield with a filthy rag? Yeah, some of you like me, you wear glasses. You ever grabbed a rag or tissue, tried to clean your glasses, and there was something on your glasses, and, 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 and the tissue didn't have anything on it, and all you're doing is you're just smudging, you're making it worse and worse, Amen. In order to clean up, you, you, you need something that actually cleans you up, and that's what Jesus came to do. And you want to make your new year happy, beloved, the Bible says we need to be born again. It's not baptism, it's not reformation, but very simply it's receiving Christ.
The message that we have going into 2020 has not changed. Jesus is not a way. Jesus is the way. Amen. You know that. We know that. And, and, and beloved, as we go into 2020 and we look at the world today, the message that we have, the message that we need, the message that you need, the message that the world out there needs is the same message that it's always needed, the same message that always, God has always given us, that, that a man cannot even see or grasp or understand the beauty and the power and the wonder of the kingdom of God until that man has accepted Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And Jesus came to die for everyone. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Amen? Now, I don't know if I've shared that with you before. I sing that song. We, we, Jesus loves the little children of the world, and, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he loves us uh, goofy, angry old fellas too. Amen? I mean, he loves everybody. Amen? It, it's, it's who he came to die for. So, number one, we need the new birth. Number two, we need a new walk. We need a new walk. Say, so, well, I've been born again, preacher. I, I've trusted Christ as my Savior. And the question I would ask us this morning is, how's our walk? How's our walk? What do you mean by that? Well, look at Romans chapter 6. I'll give you a chance to turn there. Romans chapter 6. We're actually going to look at Romans 6 and Romans 13. Uh, but uh, Romans chapter 6, just one verse. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says this. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. You want to make your new year happy, not only do we need the new birth, but we need a new walk. And by the way, if you have been born again, it's going to change the way you walk. Amen. If you've experienced the new birth, you, you have a new walk. But you know, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget that, that what Jesus has done for us. And, 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 and if we're not careful, we start walking the old way. We start looking like the old man. We start looking like that person we were before we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I wrote this down. There is no one more miserable than the Christian who doesn't live right. The Holy Spirit convicts us of three things, the Bible tells us, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Jesus told his disciples, the Holy Spirit, when the comforters come, he will teach you everything that I've told you. He'll bring it to your remembrance. He'll remind you of those things. He'll keep you grounded in what I've said. He'll keep you. The Holy Spirit's job is to keep us walking in accordance with the Word of God and what Jesus taught and what God has told us in His Word. And so the Holy Spirit has three jobs to convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And I wrote this down. Uh, he convicts us of sin. That's how not to walk. Amen? The Holy Spirit will show you when there's sin in your life and mine, and we shouldn't be doing that. It teaches us how not to walk. It's the Holy Spirit's job to look at you and I and say, uh, that in your life, that thing right there, it's not in keeping with the Word of God. It's not what God wants for you. It's not why Christ died. He did not die so that you and I could cling to and hang on to our old addictions, our old lusts, our old anger, our old flesh, the bitterness, the pride, the envy. He did not die so we could keep walking like unregenerate, lost, angry, evil people. He died so that we could walk in a new way with victory over sin. Amen. Which means that you ought to be more loving today. I ought to be more loving today than yesterday. We ought to be more gracious today than yesterday. We shouldn't be more bitter, more angry, more frustrated, more burdened, but we ought to be more joyful, more excited, and more encouraged because the Holy Spirit is living in us. If we've been born again and we have the new birth, then there's a new walk, and that walk ought to be reflected by people who look more like a loving, gracious people then sadly too often we do. Amen? I uh, shared this a couple weeks ago. I mean, there's just some people you see them coming and you just you want to run the other way. Amen? 
And there's other times you, you see that person coming. You could be having the worst possible day, but you see that one person coming, and you just know it's going to make a difference. That's how it ought to be with every Christian. When the world sees it, when somebody sees you and me coming, if we're a child of God, it ought to, it ought to just automatically excite them. They ought to know that no matter how bad things are going in their life, we're going to be the ones that are going to come, and on behalf of Christ, we're going to give them something to lift them up. So he convicts us of sin. That's how not to walk. And then number two, he convicts us of righteousness. That's how to walk. Amen? The Holy Spirit's job is to show us, don't walk this way, walk this way. He'll show you, he'll convict you when you're not walking the way you're supposed to. But not only that, he will convict you when you're walking the right way and encourage you and show you this is what you're supposed to be doing. The, the Holy Spirit will actually, his job is to actually make us feel good about doing the right thing. You ever felt like doing the right thing sometimes and people look at you like you're crazy? Have you ever felt like you're the only one ever doing the right thing? You ever felt like you're the only one who's got it right? Amen. I feel like that all the time. It's because I am the only one who's got it right. But that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Amen. No, that's not true. Amen. I might think I'm right. Somebody said, well, I won't, I won't, I'll say that for another time. But, but the Holy Spirit is the one who, who will let you know that you can have the confidence that I am, I am doing the right thing. Not because you and I think it's right, not because in our flesh and ourselves, not because society says it's right, but because a holy God says it's right. Amen? When you go into 2020, you need to have the confidence that you are living and walking in a fashion that is pleasing and honoring to God. And the Holy Spirit will give you the confidence that even when everybody looks at you and says you're crazy, why do you get up and go to church on Sunday morning? Why don't you sleep in like the rest of us? Because I love doing right. And part of doing right is being in the house of God with God's people where we can love each other and encourage each other and fellowship together and worship together, not just because I enjoy it, but because the Word of God commands it. And the Word of God doesn't just command it because God doesn't want us to lose out on sleep on Sunday morning. God knows that one of the greatest joys in life is when His people come together and encourage each other walking in righteousness and walking in faith. Amen. You get out of the house of God and you begin to make excuses for not coming to church and it's just a matter of time before you're going to forget what it means to walk right. And you're going you're gonna, to you're be walking with people who aren't going to encourage you when you begin to go back into the world. They're actually going to encourage you for that rather than walking with God. And the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin and righteousness. Sin, how not to walk. Righteousness, how to walk. And then the Bible says of judgment, <laughs> which is the consequences of choosing wrong. So not only does the Holy Spirit tell us how not to walk, and then he tells us how to walk, but he tells us what will happen if we aren't walking the right way. Amen? The Holy Spirit's job is to say to us, and that's why sometimes as Christians, we, 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 we feel we, we don't have the peace we're supposed to have. And, and, and it's the Holy Spirit saying, you've got to change that. You, 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 the path you're going down as a child of God, if you feel... The bitterness, if you've, and, and these are things that are, that are stuck with me today. I, I look at, I, I watch the news, I look at what's happening in the world today, the bitterness, the anger, the division. The Holy Spirit is, is the one that's going to show us that if you keep going down that path, ultimately it's going to be your destruction and, and your joy that's lost, not the other person. Somebody, a preacher once said it this way, bitterness is an acid that always consumes the vessel that holds it. 
and, and we live, we live holding on to attitudes that do not please God. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to say, listen, as a child of God, if we're not careful, if we're not, if we're not maintaining that new walk, if we're not letting the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and direct us, if we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing, then, then we might, we'll have those times in our lives when, like Hank Williams, we don't see the light anymore. And it doesn't mean that the light is gone. It just means we're not looking in the right place. Amen? you got to have the new birth, and you got to have the new walk. I'll share two things about that quickly. It's the difference between day and night. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 through 14. This is what Paul writes to the Romans. He says that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now, he wrote that 2,000 years ago. Amen. Every day, every day it, doesn't, it doesn't put us farther away from the coming of Christ. It brings us closer. Amen. It might move us further away from his first coming, but it's moving us closer to the time when he is coming again. And Paul says that it's nearer than when we believe. He says the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness... And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The difference of the new walk, the new Christian, the child, the, 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 the child of God, that you've been born again. If you, are, if you are truly saved, it is as different. Your life is as different as night and day. When the world looks at us, when anybody looks at your life and mine, we, it ought to be as different as looking at, at night and day. You shouldn't look at a Christian and have to wonder, is that person truly born again? When they look at us, they ought to know we're born again by the way we're living our lives. Amen? He said, put off the works of the darkness. Put off the bitterness. Put off the strife. Put off the wantonness. <clears throat> put off the rioting and the drunkenness. All these things that men do at night and in the darkness. He says, it's daytime. Look like someone who's not ashamed of the light. You know, and I've preached this before, and I've been preaching this for years, and it's only getting worse, but there used to be a time when, you know, the sun went down. That's when men went out and did wicked things. We're living in a day when men don't care if it's noon, broad daylight, right out in the middle of the day, men will commit the most vile and wicked of acts. It used to be that men would hide their wickedness. Now men, it's like they don't care anymore. But for the child of God, that ought to be the difference between day and night. When the world looks at us, they ought to know that we are not living by our flesh. We are living by the Holy Spirit. Number two, it's not just the difference between day and night, but it is the difference between flesh and spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 23. Now, you know this. I hope you know this. It's where we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. But before you get into the fruit of the Spirit, he talks about the fruit of the flesh. And he makes a contrast. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. This is the works of the flesh. This is not the work of the Spirit. This is sin. This is how not to walk. This is the flesh. This was he said. The works of the flesh are manifest. They're evident. They're obvious. And they are these. Adultery, fornication, 
uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you also in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, what he's saying is the person who's still living like this is a person who's never been born again. They don't have a new walk because they've never experienced the new birth. When you look at the world today, when we look at the violence, we look at the murder, and we look at the drunkenness, we, and you're living a day when you try and tell someone that is not how God wants you to live, they will shake their fists. You don't tell me how to live my life. I'll do whatever I want to do. And beloved, you can do whatever you want to do, but the day is going to come when the Holy Spirit will have you standing before a holy God, and there will be consequences for the way we lived our life. You want, you want to have 2020, you want to make your new year happy, number one, know the new birth, number two, have a new walk. And here's what he goes on to say. I've told you about these things, that they which do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. These are the good things. These are the things the Holy Spirit leads us to. Every time I read this list, I get to that long-suffering, that patience, patience. You know, you ever, you ever, there are several places in Douglas County, Paulding County, Cobb County. There, there are several places around here where there's two lanes and you come up to a light. And you know that when you go through the light, very quickly two lanes become Y'all are familiar with this concept, right? And if you're like me, you know the road, you know where you are. And so you get in the left lane as you come up to the light because you know when the light changes, two lanes are going to become one. If you're like me and you're godly and holy and considerate of your fellow man, or if you're like one of the 900 other people who know that two lanes are fixing to become one, who get in the right lane. And before the light, and, and you know they know, you know they know, you know there's signs posted, you know they know, but here's how you know they know. Number one, they will not make eye contact with you. Number two, they've got one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. You can hear the car, because as soon as that light changes, and they're, and they're going to do everything they can to get in front of you. Now, the godly person exercises, in that moment, long-suffering. <laughs> or, or, that person who's in the left lane where they're supposed to be knows that person in the right lane wants to get, and now you got a drag race going on. And, and, and I promise you, on any given day, 99% of the time, both of them would tell you that they're Christians. And, that's, and we laugh at that. But do you see how, how our flesh works? Amen. This idea of, of just fighting for me, me, me first, and, and sharing the road, and, and, and it, just a simple illustration like that. No, beloved, if you want to have a happy 2020, new, new birth, new walk. And, and a new walk for me, and, and, this, and, and, and I struggle with it. I'm, not, I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to me. I know that I, I try to let them go. 
Now, sometimes I'll get in the right lane because I know my car doesn't go that fast, and I want everybody who's going faster than me to go ahead and go. Sometimes it doesn't matter what lane you're in. Amen. But, but I just, I just I let people go. I, if, I come, if I see somebody's trying to turn, traffic's backed up, I like to I flash my lights. Please, please, go in front of me. I yieldeth to thee. Amen? I, I mean, it, it's, it's just, and, and doesn't that go against our nature? Amen? That's the Holy Spirit. There's times when we know that there's a, I'm trying to say something. I'll get it in a minute. The new walk, doesn't it show us that there's a better way to act in this world than we often do? Amen? Now, did that make sense? Because if it didn't, i got to preach this whole thing all over again. So say amen and we can move on. Amen? Okay. Let me give you this last text quickly. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. It says, there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately, who privily, in the King James, privily or subtly, will bring in, and this is the King James word, damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness, they with feigned words, with, with false words, with silky words, will make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingers not, and their damnation slumbers not. That's a, go back and read Second Peter 2, 1 through 3, and study that and read that. And look up some of these words on your own. Use a different translation and realize what he's saying here. He's saying that in the last days, that, that even in his day, but the time is going to come when there are going to be men who are even going to stand behind the pulpits of churches and teach things that directly contradict the Word of God. Even to the point, even to the point of denying that Jesus is the only way a man can have a relationship with God. Amen. It's the day we're living in. Teachers having itching ears, wanting to hear people tell them something other than the truth. And, and I'll give you this quickly because towards the end there where it says with, with feigned words they'll make merchandise of you. Do you realize that one of the most profitable industries today is selling things to, to Christians and to the church and marketing to the church? We, we market everything. It, there are people out there who are not Christians who own Christian record labels. Not because they're promoting Christianity, but because they know they can make money off of it. And the real danger, beloved, is the day comes in your life and mine when we see Christianity as something not as right and true and vital for eternity and salvation, but when we begin to think and look at the church as a marketing tool or a marketing gimmick. Do you realize that there are books that are written that teach the church how to go out and sell the church and make the church more, more attractive. My Bible says that as, as we live right and honest in this day and age, that a wicked and unbelieving world is actually going to find the church less attractive. It's going to be harder to live for Christ. And so what do we need? We need a new walk. We need a power and a strength from the Holy Spirit to stand firm on the principles of the Word of God when everybody else is telling us that we're crazy. Amen? You, you need a new birth. You need a, a new walk. And then number three, I close with this. We need a new goal. We need a new goal. 
What's your goal for 2020? What do you want to do? What is the thing in your life that you, what is the thing that you want to do most with your life? Can I tell you that there's one goal that we ought to all have, one thing that sums up the whole church, and we find it right here in Philippians chapter 3. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. I'll give you a second turn there if you want to. You can write it down. Philippians 3, verse 10 through 14. Paul is writing, and when he's writing to the Philippians, he's talking about his own life, his own struggle, his own walk, and he's talking about the thing that he wants most in life. And this is what he says to the Philippians, chapter 3, verse 10. He says that I may know him. He's talking about Jesus. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after so that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended by Christ. Brethren, I do not consider myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. All right? Forgetting the old walk and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Big fans, he, he says this, he says, I, I want to reach for something. I'm striving something. There's something I want to grasp. I want to grasp it more than I ever want to grasp anything. And he says, I want to grasp the prize of the life that reflects the high calling of Jesus Christ. I want to live my life so that when people look at me, they know I'm not living for myself, but I am living for God. 2020, a new goal for all of us is that when the world looks at us, they see less of us pursuing our own glory and our own name and our own pursuits. And when the world looks at us, they see more of us pursuing the glory of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, you want to make 2020 happy? We, let's, quit, let's quit living in such a way, whether we mean to or not, that when people look at us, they, they look at us and go, well, you're really making something of your life, aren't you? And instead, when they look at us and they, they, they look at us and they go, boy, God is really doing something with your life, isn't he? Do you see the difference? Amen? It's the difference between you are really making something of your life versus God is really making something of your life. And that's what Paul says. I want people, when they look at me, I want them to know that I'm pursuing and pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I could say more about that, but I'll stop. Here's the conclusion to the message. If you want to make your new year happy, we need three things. Number one, a new birth. Number two, a new walk. Number three, a new goal. And this is what I wrote down. If you neglect, if you neglect, if we neglect, let me do it that way. If we neglect the new birth, then our soul is lost. If we neglect the new walk, then our testimony is lost. And if we neglect the new goal, then our reward is lost. Clearly, the worst thing that could happen is to neglect the new birth and lose our soul. But right behind that, for a child of God, it would be to, to be saved and to know that we're saved, but when the world looks at us, they see no testimony. 
and then right behind that would be to come and live our whole life for God and reach the end of our life. And when we stand before God, because we did not pursue the right goal, we have little or no reward. The Bible says when we reach the end of our life that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know about you, but I look back on my life sometimes, and uh, as we get ready to go into 2020, I, I think sometimes about what God has done in my life, and um, I think about the things that I've done. I think about the things that I've achieved. I think about the things that I want to do with my life, and I, I look back at my life, and I think, you know, I, I've accomplished a lot, but then I kind of come to my senses, and, and, and I look back, and I go, but what has God accomplished through me? What has he done that I couldn't do on my own? What has he done in my life that's going to bring a lasting reward? What has he done? And, and, and on most days, that list isn't nearly as long as I would like it to be. And I think if we're honest with ourselves as Christians, we, we, we probably all feel that way from time to time. I'm asking this before I pray and close. As we get ready to go into 2020, can all of us sitting here this morning honestly say that we feel like, that, that we that honestly say that, that with, with a straight face and really believe that God has every area of our life and that he's using it the way that he wants to use it, that there's nothing we're holding back from him, that there's nothing left that we need to surrender to him or give to him so that he could use us the way that he wants to. I think if we're honest, most days we would admit, no, there's still a lot of work that God has to do in our lives. Amen? So let 2020 be the year that you remember, number one, that you are born again, if truly you are. And if you're not, do not leave here this morning without knowing that. But if you're here this morning, you say, oh, I'm born again. I trust. I know him. I know that Jesus died for me. Then are you letting the Holy Spirit move in your life and empower you so that you're not walking in sin? but you're walking in righteousness and you know that you're laying up for yourself a treasure in heaven. And your new goal for 2020 is that God gets more glory from your life than he's ever gotten to this point. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray.